Jen. How are you today? Good. How are you, Joanne? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. So we're talking manifestation, right? Indeed. There's all of that happening all the time. <laughs> so I'm super <laughs> curious. I, again, I always feel like we represent two generations, right? And like, I feel your generation is so much more connected to that word than mine is, um, than my Gen X generation mm -hmm. is. So I'm curious, I was just watching White Lotus last night on HBO. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that show. It's super popular right now. It's in its second season, but the first season had a couple um, about your age and they were on their honeymoon and they were having all these marital issues. And she was saying, I know I manifested him. <laughs> And it was such That's an so interesting funny. thing because I thought, there it is. It's so culturally, like, comfortable. And, you know, it's so normal in your generation. So I thought, I want to hear all about that. Yeah, I would say that one thing that I really, um, it definitely has become more common. And I feel like it might be because of this new way that's been arriving and it's been slowly, like, seeping its way in and uh, in terms of how to live your life um but one thing that i've noticed that is like kind of like taking this to like the devil's advocate end of it is i really don't like when people say that they manifested people or they unmanifested um like situations when it ends up hurting other people like right. for example um i've heard people say like oh i totally manifested this person and I've seen it used in a way that's kind of throwaway and I right. feel like that end of it is like really um it really bothers me <laughs> that it exists right. because right. it's like this person's also living their life um but yes I feel like it's definitely become like increasingly common that in everyone's day-to-day -day awareness right for sure right. yeah I think um it, it is interesting, right? Something gets into the culture and then how does it become, you know, like, like an assumption? <laughs> how does it become, right. you know, this thing? Oh, well, this is what I did and this is how it is. And so I, I just think that that's interesting, right? But yes, of course, negative things. And I think that kind of ties into like my, if I can say my perception and not that I necessarily represent my generations at look at that, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do that. <laughs> Um, yeah, and say, so like when I think about the word manifestation, the, the people I think of are Oprah Winfrey and Wayne Dyer. So Wayne Dyer was a psychologist and he you know, wrote a number of books. He actually wrote the first book I ever read called Your Erroneous Zones when I was like 15 and I thought I had discovered fire <laughs> itself because wow. it was just understanding yourself and your psychology and that age of coming about. I was like, oh my gosh, my thinking is so affecting my life. And very interesting stuff. But then you, you know, Oprah was my TV mother and she raised me and <laughs> was always, frankly, I would say manifesting, if you will, um, her life and such a big life and such mm -hmm. a big vision of, of what she did over, you know, what is it now? 40 years, if you will. She's still creating things, even though much more quietly now um, behind the scenes. But that concept of, um, you know, it's almost like goals, goal orientation and goal drive meets divinity. And that's kind of how mm -hmm. my experience of manifestation, you know, came about as an education and then how I tried to think about it in my own life. So do you think that that's hmm. similar for your generation's take on manifestation? Yeah. Um, 
I can't speak for the entire generation, yeah, but I will really say just that for us, myself. Right, right. I will say for myself that like the concept of Wei Wu Wei, which is mm-hmm. um inertia or effortless action, basically, non doing, right. basically. Right. Um that whole concept of just kind of creating space, sitting back and really connecting with your heart and what you really are feeling passionate about in this lifetime, that that provides this the like sort of landscape to manifest. Um, right. Obviously, like you need to put some like act- action towards it. You need to have like, like, but it's it's very like in my experience, it's a lot about opening the space and creating oh. the space for that thing to enter into your reality and being open to how it manifests or how it presents. So similar um, ways, like in in your own mindset, then in your own being. And then, like, you mean from there it flows out energetically to connect. Exactly. Right. Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. So, oh, interesting. So I think that then beckons the question, what is it connecting to, you know, at that at that stage? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it that we are connecting to inside of us, to the larger whole that is then creating experiences and outcomes and connections in our lives? So I feel like if we could answer that, we would answer everything, <laughs> Like what that's right? some of the big questions of life, really. What is what is it out here? How are we all interconnected? Um For sure. Yeah. I will it's very interesting because when I do energy work or particularly when I'm doing sound sound baths with mm-hmm. people and the energy right. work within that, a lot of times I've envisioned a a gold cord, a lot, like not with everyone obviously, but it's right. happened fairly commonly where there's a gold cord in the umbilical umbilicus and your belly button mm-hmm. and it's like connecting them up to spirit up to the divine Aww. and same with the crown of the head and i i re i um also teach yoga nidra when i was reading the script it said the same thing it described the exact thing that i witnessed mm-hmm. in my sessions after experiencing that and it's like what is that like we're totally completely connected on like an immediate physical to spirit level to the divine and to the higher source in my opinion but yeah Yeah, I know it really it starts to really link very closely right and to dive right into like your spirit everyone's spiritual beliefs when they're like what is going on out there what how is it that we are creating or co-creating if you will with the Mm -hmm. universe or whatever description you want that's a very commonly described term co-creating with the universe I, I bet you there's 50 books on Amazon about co-creating with the universe. Yeah, And I guess totally. it really comes down right to that personal thing of what, what is your really your belief system? Cause I think that that universe slash whatever that is slash whatever that is for you is going to be what you believe, what we, what we all believe. So, um, mm. but I think there's kind of a spectrum too, of how much, in manifestation like how much again like you were saying earlier the example you don't like of i manifested this thing and it was all me and then it wasn't right yeah like it be, it's like becomes very egoic and and it's yes yes yeah not good, good. circling back because <laughs> i'm like this isn't complete i know that my thought i'm like right. this is like not completely so yeah you're totally right it's yeah. got to be balanced within the world of well if i challenge the idea of what is happening versus what I think I would hope what would be happening for people is I do think energy is just energy 
And I think no matter what that looks like for you, your thoughts are sticky and contagious. Um, our actions are sticky and contagious. And then we attract out and attract in what we are um, in our minds sometimes, which is, I think, really intense, right? Because we're like, I'm just thinking this. <laughs> it's happening. But then also into our actions. And then I think that has its own like level of effect. Um right? I mean, very interesting stuff. So by that understanding, then even somebody who's not, if we could use the word moral or integrity, they still have access to it. And I think that's what you see with emotional contagion, you know, is emotions have such strong energy and then that can contagiously connect to others and connect and create entire movements for, for good or for bad. And I guess good or bad depends on who you are and what you believe, right? Um, but certainly that's, as I look at the course of human history, just long-term, um, of what we've studied and understood, there are, you can really see it's an energetic happening of belief Mm -hmm. manifesting out. And so that part, I kind of go, well, I don't want that to be like a divine thing. (laughs) And it kind of comes back to, um, intention at the end of it. It's like, and it's like, you know with every single moment of, for example, I read in this book, the mysticism of sound and music by Hazrat and Yat Khan. And he mentions how like the intention you place in creating sound Hmm. or emanating sound and music is going to affect how you play every day. You play the same instrument a million different times. And, um, every single time it's going to be different. And the intention of what you're putting into it can be, yeah. can completely it can it manifests it complete it comes yeah. through yeah I definitely so you gotta that. be really careful yeah so you mm-hmm. feel that when you're practicing what you do and then how it, it maybe affects the what we call it your audience or gathering you know and how that whole collective energy is then oh for sure and yeah. same with you as being an acupuncturist when you're seeing right. your clients like it's for me with when I'm in the middle of a sound bath, I'm like really checking myself. Like, where's right. my mind? Am I, are my thinking, am I thinking or am I being present? And it's like right. constantly checking myself to make sure that it's the latter. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. <laughs> like, it's, it's, like the way yeah. we're wired, our, our animal brains are wired. We're just always so off and off into the, the monkey mind, right? The monkey mind all the time. Um, which is something we actually talked about in White Lotus, which was fascinating <laughs> too. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, which and I feel like I could we could both speak to this with nursing, oh, like right. you, we're you're laden with tasks. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's just such like a simple energy of placing yeah. intention with each person or each moment. But right, how saturated are you with obligations? Yeah, very saturated. But I think it really beckons like nursing for me and that kind of intensity of, of caring for others always would bring up for me like what, okay, I'll, I'll share an interesting story, whether this is true or not, it just kind of applies. So every day when I worked, I was an ICU nurse for almost five years. And every day mm-hmm. before I went into work, I would pray in the elevator that nobody would die on me because I, 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 I probably wasn't the best ICU nurse in this capacity, right? I hated codes. I hated them with a passion. Mm. Um, I'm just, I always say I'm stellar in, in urgency, but not so good in emergency. So I got really good at like jumping mm. on the code car, but not going to the person because I think my empathetic nature would freeze. Mm. You know, I would freeze and that's oh, no, Lord, that's not any yes. good, right? So 
but I would pray every day. And I kid you not, for three years, I didn't lose a patient. And I thought to myself, maybe four years. And I, so I began to think like, is this me? And then I thought, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being super careful. Maybe, you know, I don't know, but who cares? I'm still going to do it. (laughs) And I think actually what happened for me might've been that it was really somebody's time to actually let go. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't about me, like not wanting to have a code or something like that. And then I got more accepting, if, if you will. And because eventually you are going to lose, you know, patients in your in ICU nurse. So I don't know, but I just always remember, you know, that my colleagues would be like, you haven't lost a patient. And like, I go, I, I pray. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. So again, who knows? But, um, I think it's a nice story and it always made me feel better and more, you know, capable when I went in. So, but again, it brings up that ego thing. Like, was it me? Did I, did I do that? You know, and again, we're talking about a lot of factors that have nothing to do with me going into work, but. Right. But it's definitely like you're the conduit, but, and I don't think that you're asking that in an egoic way. I feel like it's more of a curiosity. That's how I I know you as like, it's definitely like, it's like, what is that? Like, it's very, that's very genuine, like to to question. So let's talk about some things that we, we could say that we feel we manifested in our lives that, you know, that could challenge our sort of like thought process about what are, what are we doing here with this manifestation? Go ahead, Jen. Oh, yay. Thank you. Because uh, I've literally my entire sound journey has to, from beginning to end been entirely manifested without even my awareness that I, that's what I was doing. Right. Um, so I guess I'll just begin with the story of my first gong, um, which is really how I inherited this, my sound um my sound practicing, whatever you want to call it. Um, So basically I had been receiving for years, private sound baths from my friend every month because I was nursing and I found that it really helped me with my stress levels and my spirit and my energy and everything. And for years I was kind of ruminating. I'm like, I really like a gong. I really like gongs. I feel like someday I'm going to get a gong. And then my friend said to me, you know, you're really free when you in your body and in your spirit oh. when you're listening to the gong and I was like that's it I'm going and I'm getting a gong I go on Facebook marketplace I think I don't know if I told you this story or not but no. mm-hmm. I find this gong this woman was basically selling her entire sound oh. like she had been doing sound baths for six years and she sold her gong, gong stand, gong case, her sea drum, the case for that, wow. seven singing bowls, two were crystal, five were Tibetan. Everything was like high quality, top wow. shape. And my 28 inch wind gong, which later he would later revealed his name to me as Archimedes. That's a whole other story. <laughs> but um, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, it's like an incredible resonance. And I, that was like, of course, I just initially bought it for the gong. But right. then I'm like, I have all these other instruments yeah, now. Yeah. Like, I need to share them with other people. Right. right. Yeah. So that's how that happened. It happened really quick. As soon as I was ready, Spirit was like, all right, here you go. Here it is. And I got it all for like a really stellar deal. Right. So. 
And that's how that's I, my I yeah, that's my appreciation of it too. I call it opening doors. Doors, doors are opening. Doors seem to be opening without even barely touching them. You know, they're just mm-hmm. opening up. It's very, very interesting, right? Wow. Oh, I love that. I love your first gong. <laughs> you are Jen. Yeah, well, who, you are you. Jen who plays the gong. So that is a big deal, right, for you. That's a like, part of my, yeah. Yeah. He made me that. <laughs> Oh, so. love it. Love it. I'm trying to think of, of I, I have a number of stories. Oh gosh, I feel like I have so many stories. I'll talk about my marriage if that's, if I can bring that up. I'm like, I'm going to make sure I can bring this up in the last, one of the last podcasts. <laughs> so I think the manifestation synchronicities go hand in hand. Something about synchronicities are about creation and that kind of thing and healing, right? We've talked about that before. But I, you know, was married, divorced, and then I really wanted to meet somebody who, had like very specific attributes. And again, you know, I'm a person that's, that's faithful, if you will, not religious, but spiritual, you know, and in the same way that I think that, that we can relate here. And so I, you know, I did the thing, my generation loves to do the vision board. We, I did the vision board. <laughs> and I picked, oh, yeah. right. I, I picked three couples whose marriages I really loved and respected and like would have wanted to be in at least part of their marriage, not literally with them, but you know, the, the, the nature of their marriage. Um, so it was pretty cool. Um, I put that on the board and I actually wrote my friend Hillary, um, her husband wrote her this beautiful thing, like, um, he called her his goddess and she was so cute. She put it on Facebook cause she was like, I'm just so lucky. My husband is such a doll and she just got married and, the whole thing. So I printed that that little piece out next to them, and I thought, "Oh my!" If I can think, it's weird. Like I had pictures of my friends and their husbands up in my vision board, but, but it's such like a like a like a flattery, you know. It's like I just respect and love you guys so much. So fast forward, you know, I meet my husband through like online, you know, through Plenty of Fish. It's just like not where I would say to go to meet your husband, but it worked out. <laughs> It's like one of those you have nothing to lose. I'm like, I don't even care. Like, it's just a statistics thing. I got to go through like a hundred frogs to meet like a decent guy here. Um, and But he had also written in his write-up, I've met a lot of girls, but I have yet to meet the girl of my dreams. So we both have these things in writing, right? And then we meet and we feel like we've known each other and we're we're just so connecting and it was very energetic connection. And I think anytime you have a lot of attraction and think that kind of thing, there's always so much energy, right? But but it seemed to go more than that. And then we had maybe our third or fourth date and he took me to see, he's a great, he's a deadhead. He was a grateful dead mm-hmm. guy. And we went to see uh, Melvin Seals, one of the bands that plays a lot of the dead. And um, he's like, do you want me to buy you a shirt? And he bought me a shirt and on and it was like goddess, it said. And that was the shirt. Yeah. And so what I you know, put up on the board is the goddess thing. And I was like, there it is. Fascinating. Fascinating. So, I mean, just to kind of see it that blatant, you know, that much like in writing. Yeah, I was like, like oh, okay. Literally. Your vision board come true. Like, the that's amazing. Bo- right, right. Not to say that like everything's perfect or that we never had, you know whatever challenges, but, but like, he definitely was the one, you know, and I thought that was, he was the guy who I was looking for that experience with. So I think it kind of points to, as far as like manifestation as, as like relationships, like if you will, that it's good to get clear, right? About, and again, quiet, like you were saying in the way that we need to quiet our mind and be clear, like, what is it that I really 
want here? Um, what am I hoping for? And I'm not so sure that you won't necessarily get what you want, no matter if it's positive, negative, whatever. I think that will happen. But in this case, it was something very good for me. <laughs> Absolutely. That, yeah. Yeah. Because I was just sort of reflecting last night when we were watching White Lotus, the character that talked about manifesting her husband and not being happy. I related to her 30 years ago and feeling mm. like my mentality was, I need somebody who's really educated and it's just you know, smarter than me and I can, I can feel more elevated with and not in a shallow way, I actually felt shame, you know, like I wasn't enough. And so it was just really interesting to kind of see that show and then it hit that thing and I was like, oh gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's like also such a beautiful reminder of how far you've come too, you know, when you, those things come up and you're like, it's triggering, but it's like, Man, I've really oh like, yeah grown and oh yeah into myself like a different lifetime, and I think that's the if you live long enough, right. it is like you have different, way different chapters. Seriously, yeah, that that yeah. stuff doesn't even matter to me. There's like no charge on it. I'm like super happy that that was my phase, and super happy to be here exactly. now. Right, right, yeah. No, yeah, it's like almost like empowering when those things happening. Yeah, happen rather. Right, I do think though it's really good to kind of put it out there. Um, I mean, to put it to me that that would be what I would take my takeaway ultimately is if it's something that you're desiring or you want to see happen in your life, you want to write it, you want to like say it, you want to pray it, you want to you want to really express mm-hmm. it because I think there's the catch on the other side of the interplay of energy with others and with the world. They're like, wait, it's like waiting to hear. It's if we're, if we're magnetic, you know, what are we magnetizing to kind of thing? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So true. Yeah. Well, we could probably Make sure keep talking cool. about it. But... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I keep, yeah. There's a lot of avenues within. Right, to right. Like... All right. Um, so you were talking yeah. about next time wanting to chat about destiny. Yeah, I don't know. What are you feeling? I think that would be great. I think we should do that recording next. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in.